Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. A lot of news this week, a lot of takes this week, and a whole lot of love coming from the Pinball Show as Dennis and I discuss if the truth is really out there, as well as stern pinball production updates and a title discontinuation? Question mark? Ray Day tutorializes Foo Fighters, the new Fathom Revisited Classic Epsilon Edition, the new Whirlwind 2.0 Total Chaos game release, Cactus Canyon Enhanced Package Updates, 8 Ball Beyond, a new topper announcement, the pinball industry pricing structures, and historical trends. We've got new pinball show starting lineup members, pinball market trends, and Dennis encouraging listeners to not take financial advice from him. But you should. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. It's episode 127, and this is the Pinball Show. I'm Zach Minnie. That's Dennis Creasel. How's it going, Dennis? Hey, it's going great. We're still around. We're not all in the walled garden. Well, there's a couple people that dropped off. They said, you know what? You guys are asking for support. I'll have none of it. <laughs> I'm out. Not mm. only am I not going to listen to your free podcast, I am out. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a powerful way to send a message uh, if it impacted the numbers, which it doesn't. So. Oh, snap. But thanks for playing. Numbers don't lie. They don't. <laughs> we had one less listener that last week, didn't we? Hmm. We gained yes, some. Well, it, it, I think it improved the download speeds for the remaining uh, remaining subscribers. So that was probably a positive net. Bit rate. <laughs> yeah, bit rate hype. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been this week? Ah, uh, fine. Busy, busy working, but not uh, you know calmer stuff. So things have been things are going pretty smooth. Oh, you know, I'm still trying. Nice. I gotta get my you know. I still got my watch content. I'm trying to keep up with that too. You seem like you've been doing there. a lot of a lot of content over there on watches. Yeah, with well, we're past like the big. Just like we had Texas Pinball Festival and all those games came out. Well, the at the end of March, early April is when like this huge watch event happens, and so we're in this lull right now. So I actually have to kind of work at making content because mm-hmm. there's not a bunch of new announcements right now. It's mostly the bigger. Uh, YouTube channels and stuff are actually getting to handle all these releases they heard about at the uh, March, April event. So, and I'm not big enough to be able to have that sort of access. So I have to, I have to do other focus. Oh, you're the tertiary party. Yeah. I could see about setting up a relationship with a, you know, one of the watch authorized dealers in the area, you know, using some places do that. They'll go to that, you know, promote the, basically promote the store and then the store lets them have access to all the new stuff uh, in the shop. Yeah, she has shilling. Then you'll be well, accused of that. Even small channels, you thought you thought shilling was bad in pinball, and you, as the master, would know. But in the watch world, oh, it's rampant. Like mm. uh, lots of even little channels will get like micro brands. These are small manufacturers. Uh, well, just like we have in pinball, but small watch manufacturers, and they'll send them the watch for free, and they get to keep it as long as they review it. 
Oh, and those channels, they quote unquote yeah, review. and those channels, they're not making their money on ad revenue through AdSense. They're making their money selling the watch when they're done with a review. I wonder if they That's if they, they shit it. on that reviewed watch. If the next time another release comes out, they get a chance to. To review it. Well, you see, that's the that's the hmm. that's the controversy. That's the are they being honest or not? And uh, legally, right. they need to announce that it's that they're it's a paid promotion because if they get to keep the watch, that's it's a it's akin to getting paid. You have to announce it mm-hmm. per FTC rules. But but even some of them are really good about announcing it, and some of them are not so good about announcing it. But then there's always that question: like, are they overly positive? Uh, not all of them are positive. Some of them will point out flaws, but. You know, there's always going to be that that accusation, that sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might you might have some experience with that as a as a distributor who also commentates on I games. Think so, it, yeah, I think I feel that it's it's, uh, you know, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Is mm. that the George Lucas quote that everyone makes fun of? I have no cl- it's like oh, poetry. It rhymes. Poor George Lucas people. George Lucas and his camera A, camera B nonsense. Speaking of that, you said the master. Um, I just that just rang out to me because you called me the master i watched that this this last week the master have you see, ever seen that uh Joaquin phoenix philip seymour hoffman amy adams paul thomas anderson uh, directed and written n- film hmm, no i Oof. in fact the name's not even ringing a bell with me what do you do i do many many things i am a writer a doctor a nuclear physicist a theoretical philosopher but above all, I am a man. Wow! Yeah, I've been I've been going through uh been going through some some films lately. I've taken a break from you know shows and series and stuff like that. I've been really diving into the best of uh, of cinema, so things like Paul Thomas Anderson stuff, horror films. The best of those horror films. I just watched for the first time The Thing. The oh, Thing. Oh, uh, which which one? Because uh, there are three different ones that I know of. The I, I think the. Do, do you mean Kurt Russell? Yeah, thank you. All right, so so John Carpenter's remake, the the thing. Oh, that was a remake? That's the second one that I know of. He remade the uh, RKO did one way back, like a black what? and white. Yeah. If you I watch, thought that was uh, his story. If you watch Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, yeah. there's a scene where the kids that Jamie Lee Curtis are with, both of the kids are on the TV, is the original thing. I see. Okay. You'll see the you'll see the title. Was it a popular there, so. film back in the twenties uh, or what, I, whatever it was? I can't say that I've seen it. So um, okay. I've seen the remake of John Carpenter's remake, and they took a, a few different twists. But John Carpenter's actually last year went. Uh, uh, what was that? The uh, there's that Fathom Events thing that movie theaters do. Oh yeah. I actually yeah. went and watched it in the theater because oh. I was too young to have seen it. In I 80s, gotta tell so. you, Dennis, I loved the thing. It's awesome. That it's, is uh, a great movie. It's probably, uh, in my opinion, John Carpenter's best film. Oof. I mean, Halloween's iconic, and it spawned a whole franchise. But as a movie, as a standalone movie, the thing is so good. So well done, too. I love the practical effects and everything. Yes, impressive practical effects. Uh, The the isolation of being in the Antarctic is is captured really, really well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just There's a pinball machine in it. And it's, it's got, got Kurt Russell. Who doesn't? It's love got Kurt everything Russell. with a big old, a big old floppy cowboy hat. Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. So yeah, I've been watching that. Which then, because uh, Greg and I, straight down the middle, we're we're uh, planning our filming of a. We're going to do a film, an actual film. It's not oh. pinball related, and we've come up with the premise. We're in scripting now, so we're writing an actual screenplay, and 
uh, How exciting! We feel good about it. So I've been I've been reviewing because I, I know I'm going to be the eye behind the the camera in a lot of respects. So been watching some of the just trying to get some not influence but uh, maybe influence some of the you know shots and different things. Have you picked a genre yet that you're going to do? If we if we go with the premise that we're scripting right now, uh, it, believe it or not, that it's a I'm going to say a dramedy, drama okay. comedy. Okay. Yeah, dramedy. Like a um, not a not a dark black humor, but a almost um, like a when Harry met Sally, but with jeeps. <laughs> no. Wow. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, that's the only idea I had. So I'd I'd help you, but uh, it's, I'm on strike with the writers. So almost like a Judd Apatow type of like a real comedy. That's still it's real comedy's filthy. So. Comedy is not dead. So yeah, we're uh, we're doing that. And then that led me to watching a bunch of documentaries about UFOs and <laughs> because yeah, most the, dramedies are very UFO. I think it's the thing that lent me there. Mm, okay. Uh, do you do you, have you ever seen those alien conspiracy? Yeah, I don't watch conspiracy stuff. Yeah, well, it, who's to say it's a conspiracy, Dennis? I don't watch conspiracy stuff, Zach. Uh, you don't believe too in much aliens? of it touches me professionally at the stage with conspiracy theories that I don't. What about it, you? Don't believe in aliens? It's I don't believe in aliens that have visited Earth. Let's I put do. It that way. I think I'm a believer. Where's Mulder and Scully? Do, 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 do. I think I'm a believer. I think the stuff in over in uh, what's it called Roswell and all that stuff. I I'm I'm not full blown lizard people yet, but you know what? Eh, I, I think some shit's gone down, and they're hiding it from us. I really do. Email us at the pinball show at gmail.com. <laughs> with proof proof of the aliens. They have proof. They released it. The government released it in 2017. Well, UFOs are, yes, people have all sorts of stuff and they're like, well, we're not sure what it yeah, is. Yeah, but so we don't UFO, have that type but... of technology. It's not of Earth. Oh my gosh. Have you seen the videos? Have you seen the videos? <laughs> oh my gosh. We are not lizard people. We prefer to be called reptilians. <laughs> You're turning this into V. <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching that shit now. I'm ate up with it. I wonder if fucking Craig Bobby's a reptilian. Probably because he's MIA. He is again. Yeah, Craig, again. what the heck, man? Uh, is this, this is like the second time in a Why is he taking a break? He already had a. We, we gave him a break for a month. Yes. What in the hell? <sighs> do you think he's. Do you think he's dumping us? Yeah, probably. He's pissed off about I the $10 the pinball Patreon. party has poached him. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, he's on fire too lately. I liked the, oh gosh, because he puts out so many episodes. It's probably two episodes back now. It's the one where he talked about audio and he talked about it way too long. Like how long this intro is going long. Sure. And my my favorite thing was he went through all of this stuff and he's explaining sound and all of that. And the long story short, the too long didn't read is you need to give up some pinball machines and stick a bunch of furniture in your game room. That was the answer. It took us 15 minutes Fill to get there. Up. But that was the answer is you need to have couches and chairs and curtains and fill up that game room with non-games and then your sound will be awesome. That's what I took away from that episode. I like, uh, his, I think it was his last episode. I had to text him and, and tell him nicely done. He opened up the show with, quote, buckle up, dick bags. <laughs> mm. It's just probably one of my favorite opening lines ever. Buckle up, dick bags. Nicely done, Jason. Well, without Craig Bobby, let's do his job for him, Dennis. 
Okay, so I guess we'll start with Stern Pinball. Of course we will. Stern Pinball. What's going on? What's going on production-wise? Well, production-wise, last Friday, they always have these production video Fridays now. And mm-hmm. they were showing off a little Foo Fighters LE and James Bond Premium. So those the Foo Fighters LE have got to be about done by now. Yeah, I would think so, too. I know that we're still due some Foo Fighter Premiums. So I would guess those on the line this week. Uh, but the James Bond premiums, we had some James Bond pros trickle out of that factory last week, which wasn't estimated to be rolling out until later this month. So they're, they're kind of mixing things up a little bit and it's probably just based on whatever parts are coming in at the time, but it looks mm, like James yeah, Bond that, premiums that are coming and some Foo Fighter premiums are coming as well. Uh, I don't, let's talk about what's not coming, Zach. Oh boy. Here we go. Oh, this is a, oh, I've been seeing so much about this on the interwebs. People are frothing on this one. They are. I think it's, I think it's a combination of shock and awe. It might be a, might be a little, might be a little dose of denial too. You know, I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting because I know broadly speaking, I've seen a lot of positive responses to the, you know, these production information like this, uh, and because you regularly share it, uh, mm-hmm. you tend to get a lot of credit for that. But when stuff about this started to come out, just generally, I just saw a lot of people that just were like, uh, no, I don't, bu- I don't buy it. Yeah. It's like, okay. And we're talking about Rush, listener. Yes. The band. It was a game of the show for the Pinball Awards. Yeah. Yeah, it won that. Uh, I think Twippies it took home, if I'm not mistaken, I think Twippies it took home their... their- Gotti game of the year yeah there you go i think so i think you're right uh the accessories are just now rolling out mm, people love expression lighting i hear lots of talk about rush expression lighting i've heard great things about the code the rules sales have gone up on rush over the last six months significantly uh so what's to discuss dennis well they're discontinuing rush don 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 Dun, 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 dun. This seems kind of early compared to, uh, and I think that's probably where the disbelief is coming from, mm-hmm. because there are skews like Deadpool and Star Wars that have been around a lot longer sure. than Rush, which was a last year game, but numbers don't lie. That, apparently not. Apparently not. Rush came out yeah, early, what was that, 2022, January? Yeah, yeah, but I, I can't. Yeah, that's when I thought it was. Yeah, or December of 2021. Yeah, I don't remember like when they first started shipping them is kind of part of my my brain freeze there, but it almost yeah, so. it was almost it's almost following that Stranger Things path where when it first came out people were like, "Uh, we don't like this thing. We don't like this game. There's no code in it. We don't like this." It was the scoop. Remember they had to go through oh, like yeah. 80 scoop iteration. Gate, I'm rounding up to gate. the nearest 80. Yeah, the bump, the airbags and everything now else trying no to protect that gate. scoop. There's a lot of corrections. And, and on you know this that's game. an interesting analogy you did to Stranger Things because you know we remember when Stranger Things dropped, it was the ball doesn't go in the Demogorgon mm-hmm. mouth, and then with Rush, it was the ball easily goes into the scoop, and then the scoop is shredded. Mm-hmm. The TK multi ball doesn't work. Yeah, and then later on, people started loving that game, and then they pulled the Pirates of the Caribbean and said, you know, no game for you, and then everybody wanted it. Now mm-hmm. Rush sold it sold fair whenever it first came out it's been so hyped that's in, uh, so it's interesting you noting that because i people talk up rush a lot I and i and i i think it's like you noted you know there's a there's the rules with it and i know a lot of competitive players in particular really enjoy the rule set 
Um, I know some people that I, I think it's a combination of perhaps uh, true opinion and a combination of just I got to be contrarian and I don't like mm. that even common folks like Godzilla. And so they say Rush is the best game, mm-hmm. which isn't true. But but that's what I mean, broadly speaking, it's you know rating wise, it's just not true objectively. But <laughs> but, you know, there was a sort of attempt to say this is actually Stern's greatest game, too. And I'm sure to a number of those people, they are they actually believe it. And then the third thing is, of course, all of Canada, I thought, was like legally obligated to buy it. I'm but apparently Canada that didn't happen. One. That's why it's getting pulled. Canada, you, do you, you think, didn't buy enough. Do you think Craig Bobby is not on this episode because he knew this would come up and he didn't want to answer questions because he doesn't own a rush? Yes. You know what? It's that in combination with this damn writer strike. Maybe this, maybe this is Craig Bobby really <sighs> sticking it to the man here at the pinball show. He was like, well, I wasn't told about no Patreon dollar. Like, what, what is, wait a minute. What is going on here? Are we Maybe like the James it. Corden of uh, talk shows? Is that, is that us? Only if it's as we appear in the film version of Cats. <laughs> that's, a, that's horrible. What did you do with Dame Judy Dench? Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> Bastards. I don't know what's going on, but here's the thing. Everybody was she talking. She went from M to meow. <laughs> Pushy. I'll see it all. It's a big circle. <laughs> the thing is that people had been kind of, there's been some rumbles about Rush getting discontinued, especially when we have reported here first, probably that uh, 2023, we're not going to see any rushes. We reported that right. back uh, months back mm-hmm. and people were kind of shocked by that. They're like, what? It's like their newest game. Why would they're not making it all this year? No. Then there were some rumblings, even so much to, to have other media people come out and say, no, that's not true. Like they didn't pull the plug. Even Nap Arcade, he had a story a couple days ago that the, the headline Stern Pinball has not officially pulled the plug on Rush Pinball yet. People, right, right. And I, I read that, and that I guess maybe it's a it's true in the sense that like the license is still there, but there's yes. a difference between it being quote unquote discontinued and uh, it not being on the production schedule ever again. Uh, I, I you know so and, and to. To further make sure that all of our listeners are equipped with the most current and accurate information, I'll go one or two further. Mm. Rush was not playing for 2023. I can tell you direct from Stern Pinball, they have no plans to produce Rush in 2024. They would have to, they're trying to preemptively look at what 2024 is going to look like with new releases and catalog releases. They have no plans to what they would have to do is squeeze in Rush into 2024. They have zero plans to do that. Therefore, their license will have expired. They communicated this information with their sales team. At this time, they do not plan to produce Rush again. Period. Right. So that, that they still fact. have the license for now and they could choose to at any time they decide could. to go ahead and make them sure. even, because they wouldn't even have to renew the license. But there's a schedule that they are trying to fill out, including games that aren't released yet. Mm-hmm. So and here's here's where I'll go. Uh, I said one or two. Here's my second one. Ooh. Flipping out pinball has, I think, 30 rushes on order. We, we technically still have rushes on order. So for me to be telling you they're no longer making rush. I, if anybody's going to know, it's going to be me who's no longer playing to yeah, get those 30 rushes. Those. Yeah. And at luckily, some point, I mean, how long do you, I, I don't know if you've been in this boat before. Cause I was going to ask like, how long do you hold people on the wait list 
you know, and before telling them that, you know, well, maybe you already have told them like, it's not planned to be produced again. Do you want to keep waiting? Or Fortunately, I have not taken, because we knew that 2023 was going to be a no run for rush. When people Mm. asked to order it, I said, you know what, I'll put you on a list, but we don't need a deposit or anything. I don't, there's a good chance that if this doesn't happen in a year, like, eh, let's not, let's not take too many steps right now. So uh, it's not going to affect me too much, but, and we had rush pros in stock up until a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, wasn't hor- it wasn't horrible for me to have to contact people. So. so do you think that given that this has been communicated by their sales team out to their, you know, their networks, do you think that this is them going, you know, we've run into some issues in the past where we weren't really communicating what was happening on games that we still control the license. I'm thinking Elvira, of course, specifically yeah, looking that yeah. kind of looking ahead now more and being like, you know what, let's not put people in the boat where Getting they're ahead of it. Yeah. Like, are we waiting three years to get a game we want to buy or are we just going to, you know, stop it and, and, walk away and and say instead okay look we've got other stuff we need to work on the rush sales just aren't there anymore to really warrant trying to shove it into the schedule somewhere and we don't want to have to renew the license Mm so let's just i mean we're not doing it this year i think this is the sales executives at stern pinball doing what they do best and that is they have to estimate what are we looking at timeline wise here and if we are going to run it a year from now, do do we predict sales to be high enough up that it even makes sense to renew a license? Because we know license is going to run out in 2024. Do we pay more? Do we re-up that based on what we estimate? Because we know the rules are pretty much there already. We're getting the accessories out. Do those really sell how much more? And I think at the end of the day, they said it's not going to make enough sense to make them. Or mm. some people might argue, Dennis and listener, that, well, this is a marketing tool to you know take a poll if if now dealers go back to stern and say hey no we you know we gotta have them we gotta have them but everybody wants them they're freaking out then you know stern can be like okay well that's free marketing for us and free poll using our sales force uh, i don't think it's that i really don't otherwise i they wouldn't I, say you've got 30 yeah, on order sorry i think and i'm not a salesperson so so bear that in mind you know grain of salt and all that i think it would make more sense if that was their goal to go ahead and say, this is the last run yes, of Rush. Absolutely. And then have their sales network communicate that because they have, they've done that before, haven't they? I think they did like on, on vaulted Star Trek, like they're like, we're going to do this run of this vault and this is the last time we're doing it. And it they was have in the past, but then here yeah. lately, because there was some discussion in TPN's discord about now oh, they do a last call. So here lately, they kind of haven't. Like if we think about mm. things like, um, trying to think oh uh like the star wars comic those were just poof we're not making anymore sorry did you get notice on guardians i think guardians was a thing because of how the system works now in distribution before you could place orders like last call get your orders in but because guardians hadn't been made dealers already had back orders for that title so there was really no need to say hey guys here's your last shot like we already had our last, we, we have orders in like we could re up that, but if they're trying to get through an order, they might not want to get a ton more. Or, I don't know. It's, it's very confusing, but guardians, I don't remember if they said, Hey, last order, they might've just said, cause I remember Led Zeppelin was a kind of thing. It was like, okay, we're, yeah, we're done with that. Like, Oh, all right. So I, I, I think it's, it's too complex now. Mm. It's too much to handle when you've got like 20 titles in your catalog that you're building. Yeah. And I've, I've wondered, and actually I wondered slash, I think it makes sense that they're, 
they used to have so many SKUs on their website listed that, I mean, just not even going into them sort of like pro versus premium, just in terms of titles, mm-hmm. they had so many that were listed and they're, and they've got 11 still, which seems like a lot of games to say we're still making 11 different games. Yes. Cause you got, I mean, you got everything Elwin's done is still there. You still got Star Wars. You still got Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Those are older titles. You still have Elvira listed. Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park, Avengers, Infinity Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Mando is still production. And then you still on the site have Rush. And of course, the newer games, 007 and Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. So, And some of the stuff makes a lot of sense. Like Godzilla makes a lot of sense because they still sell a lot of them. Uh, sure. And other stuff like I... Jurassic you, Park is always going to sell. Yeah, honestly, Always. I'm even though I know it's it's deeply popular as a game, I'm I'm really surprised to still do have Iron Maiden. It's so old. Here's here's what I will because I agree, and the, and this goes into it even more so. I think that the reason that the pinball show helps stand out is well, we're brilliant and hilarious, but the some of the updates that we give, some of the insider information, all these scheduling and stuff. This is kind of the information that. Uh, this is kind of the information that dealers have. We can kind of read between the lines here with the scheduling. So I think uh, as a result, you consumer and enthusiast can read through the lines here as well. So when you have an Iron Maiden that might get re-upped last year and then runs once a year, and I, I hold that weight of that importance of that title still to a Foo Fighters that's running four times a year. Or mm. So the writing's on the wall. Like when Rush wasn't running for 2023, we can't think as enthusiasts that, oh, you know, that one's killing it. Uh, the right, it's right, they're right, telling right. us if, right there. If, it was a, if there was still high demand, and at some yeah. point demand should taper on everything, uh, they do more than one run. Yeah. So when you get or they one, do a run. When you get an old title, you might get one run a year, and maybe they think you know it, it's worth upping the license mm. each and every year for that right. one single run. Because because uh, you know I'm kind of because like Deadpool for example, I mean it's it came out almost five years ago. Yep, it's gets, it's a 2018 it, game. It gets one run this year. Same with things like Mandalorian, one run this year. Avengers, one run this year. Star Wars, one run. A lot of these are Disney controlled. Or mm, yeah. uh, sort of thing. So I wonder if maybe like the license package is, is a package and they're like, we're able to easily get this all license renewed. So it's not a big deal for doing one run a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we forget that Stern has told us, I think they've told the community, but they have really good relationships with two or three individual entities. Um, and see, this isn't even behind Patreon. Come on, Dennis, these people complaining they don't get all the nugs. Look, they have a great relationship with Lucasfilms uh, and Disney. So more than likely, every year or every other year, we will get a Star Wars property. All right? Uh, So if you're wanting to know what's coming out, think about, uh, timing-wise, what makes sense from the Star Wars property. They have a great relationship with Marvel and Disney. Think about, you know, once every year, every other year, what title would make sense from a Marvel Disney? Those are the kind of things that uh, when we're thinking about theming, those are guarantees. They've told us they have great relationships and it's silly. They sell well. It's silly not to focus on the IP holders that they have great relationships with. And oh, by the way, are the largest in the entire world. So if you want to know what Stern's creating in the next 10 years, they're going to create Star Wars stuff and Marvel stuff. Ooh. And band band stuff because they they love they love the band stuff. I think some of that comes from previous sales. 
of, of band related pinball machines. And I think another is probably the licensing manager executive is Jody Dankberg. And he's a music band guy. That was, that was some damn good info, Dennis. Mm, I hope they like it, man. I'm impressed with us. Mm. So sure. We could see rush again, but you may not be able to hoot again. <laughs> In 2024. <laughs> I know, it's so stupid. I'm sorry. Oh my god! Also, it's terrible. It's, terrible. it's really bad. I may even edit it out. Yeah, if you know. if you want to, if you want one, you get on with a fascination and try and find one now. Okay, uh, there, you there you go. That's better. Flip, flipping out with friends this last week. Ray Day, our our best bud in the whole world, coding extraordinaire Raymond Davidson. Uh, he joined the flipping out with friends program with Joel Engelberth. Walked him through the rules of Foo Fighters pinball getting some great feedback to that. Uh, that, alongside of a rule sheet that Stern Pinball has recently uh, announced and, and launched, it's an online rule, rule sheet for Foo Fighters. More of a booklet, really. It's like 12, 14 pages More long. More of a novella. Yeah, people are loving those things. Uh, I saw a couple people on the forum say, between the live Ray Day video walking Joel through the rules and this rule sheet, that's all. That's perfect. It's a perfect little combo. That's all you need to know and learning everything with Foo Fighters. And I don't know if Foo Fighters is, well, it's not complete 1.0 yet, but rules-wise, I don't think it has the, the little intricate details of like a rush. Uh, so I think it's more approachable in general um, as a game. I, I've heard that. Approachable is the word. Man, it, it flows so well, but mm-hmm. have yeah. you ever heard of a game that flows too well? I'm waiting for that to be the next uh... argument. Um, you it know what? Flows no, too I, well. not not really. Um, I usually, and maybe people mean that when they say some games they feel are too safe. Mm, yeah, but I can see I've that. never actually heard someone say something fl- flows too well. So, I think it it might might be a thing. That that game, I kicked that game's ass the other the other week and got over a billion. I felt like Keith Elwin. I'm glad like you didn't on, do it on stream. You might have sabotaged all the I, sales. I know. Sorry, Toy Story 4. Uh, that code depth is like the perfect amount of depth that I want in a game. That's about as far as I want it to go. I don't need it to go any deeper. We'll talk about Toy Story here soon. Well, speaking of deeper, we need to talk about mermaids. Oh, they're sirens. <laughs> Martin oh, gets, Martin's like, no, they're not, Zach. They're not, they're not sirens. sirens. They're mermaids. Mermaids. We didn't call it Siren Edition, you dipshit. Haggis Pinball in the news big time this week. They had an update. Damien over in Australia had a video update letting everyone know that manufacturing mermaid games is going well and they should have all of them done by the end of the year. This is the Fathom Revisited, the top top model edition. End of the year, having all of them done. Then they're even going to do a small Celts run after that. Damien, I don't understand why. Just keep going. Who cares about Celts? I Pro- guess they had some interest from TPF. I guess. Production of their next revisited game is going to start in 2024, early, early 2024. Probably mm, Q1. I wonder if it'll be at next year's TPF. I hope so. Announcement of that next title is going to be this year, mid-year. Mm. It's probably this summer here. So that's all good info. Haggis Pinball announces this last week that they are now offering an upgrade option for Fathom Revisited Classics. Remember, listener, those individuals who uh, just wanted the Fathom game, but they wanted a new version of them, they could buy the classic version. You don't get the 2.0 code or anything, but you, you get a brand new Fathom Pinball machine for a killer freaking price. 
But now they're offering an upgrade for those who have a classic on order, because remember they have not started producing classics yet. You can now do an upgrade before your game gets made, and you get an enhanced rule set. You get that 2.0 rule set. You even get the LCD apron displays and RGB 7 segment displays as well. Uh, upgraded sound system. A lot of what comes on that Mermaid Edition. You can have that now. I think the kit is right under 1000 bucks, and it will be installed at the factory for you. Now, it's not everything from the Mermaid Edition, but it's a lot of that stuff. And this sparked some interesting conversations and debates online it's the same old you know uh well cactus canyon se plus what the hell is that i get the topper now and you know uh, i thought the topper was exclusive only to the mermaid editions that whole argument also in addition to that before we discuss dennis they still have open the fathom revisited classic you can still order that game but for the next two weeks, they're going to close the orders. And uh, actually, it's probably a week now. In a week, they're going to close the orders. You can now purchase this, what they're calling the Fathom Revisited Classic Plus, for I think it's $8,600 plus freight, customs, tags, etc. So you can, you can order one now if you would like. So Dennis, how do you feel? I think I know how you feel because you've voiced it in the past on, on things like this. How do you feel about them now saying, we want all of our classic people to be able to get 2.0 if they want to do that upgrade? Yeah, it wasn't, it's not the right answer, but I understand why they've done it. Do they need to make more games? Is that what they're, they're just trying to squeeze the, squeeze the, uh, the coral there? Need, needs probably not necessarily the right word. I wouldn't like, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion, like financially they're in dire straits and they have to do it. I, here's what I, I think happened. I think that they decided to go ahead and do fathom, you know, get, got on the remake train, figured, okay, there'll be a lot of people that want to go ahead and just get the, you know, an updated version or couldn't, you know, fathoms got so expensive. Mm-hmm. It was hard to secure one, especially one in good condition. So, you know, they thought we'll do the classic and then we're going to have this awesome LE version. And the code was the driving factor on the on the Mermaid Edition, in my view. It was the idea of having a whole new rule set that you could also enable to play. And remember, they they sold out of those, but it like there were some distributors who bought on the last day. Like it wasn't going to sell out. So it barely sold out, maybe is a good way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. And, and that I think was fine. I think that was like, Haggis was happy and everyone was happy getting the games to Texas meant a lot of people that this wasn't on their radar. Uh, I mean, the production delays alone would have put it off of a lot of people's radar. And so people got to try it. They had them set up for the new code and it was fun. I I got to play the new code and the new code was great. And then you find out like, oh, well, I can't order one from Haggis anymore. Maybe there's some still, there's still some distributors that, that, that have it. I actually had someone who hadn't received their uh their mermaid edition yet who offered to sell me their spot after I talked about how much I like the game yep, on Eclectic mm-hmm. Gamers podcast. Uh because again, that was the only way to get the new rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think they saw dollar signs and they're like, you know what? There's now uh we had such a success at TPF. We've got people that want Marty's rules. Let's let's open the books and find a way to sell it to them. And so they went back on their original word and now offer a plus version in order to to sell that. And, you know, I think their logic is probably you have to have these upgrades for this to happen. So we're going to charge a little more. You know, we'll do the classic plus thing, kind of like when CGC rolled out Cactus Mm -hmm. Canyon and people fell in love with the topper and it was only supposed to be with the LEs. And they're like, okay, let's let's do a plus version. I mean, it's a it's a cash grab. 
Uh, I get it. And I think that's why they're only doing this. You know, they announced a two week period to get it is they do want to move on from this. But mm-hmm. it's I think they're like, we're leaving money on the table if we don't do it. Uh, so like from a I just have a again, and this is probably what you knew I would say. Uh, I, I have a problem when you say you're going to do something and then you change you do. My, I'm not real big on mind changing. If mm-hmm. you're going to go out and commit to something, you should stay committed to it. Uh, but this is not new. You know, we talked about Chicago gaming. Stern has done this with the Batman Super LEs, and they upped the run count, and they've upped LE counts before too. It's American just as Pinball tacky. Valhalla did it. Yes, and the three freaking mm-hmm. flavors. It's all a bunch of crap. They went I from don't agree with it. To I think. Yeah. And and Travis, I think, spoke very well about this on the latest episode of Triple Drain about the risk of burning your super fans, mm-hmm. the ones who bought in early. Uh, and and there is that risk, uh, in theory. However. Uh, I will say, based off of what we've seen with Chicago Gaming, American Pinball, uh, and Stern, this will be forgotten. And even though I don't conceptually like this idea, this is pinball, and people move past this stuff really quick. So I think that there will be no long-term damage to Haggis for the decision. That's a good take. That's a good fair take. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this because I'm mixed. The results of this I agree with because I do think that more people need to have that 2.0 rule set. I initially did not understand whenever they came out and they said, Hey, we're going to do a revisited classic version and a, a mermaid with the 2.0. So I'm like, well, that's fine, but still put the 2.0 in the classics. Even if they don't want it, you've got so much other stuff going on with this mermaid edition that you don't have to have all of that and set yourself apart with that rule set, you can still put the 2.0 rule set or at least offer it. So I think the results are what I I agree with. But the timing of which they did that is the thing that I think is going to not sit well with a lot of quote-unquote collectors. I'm curious if for their next remake, when we find out what that is, whatever, you know, if they're going to revisit 8-Ball Deluxe or Centaur, it's probably going to be a class of 81 game in my opinion. If they based off of initial sales and where the demand was off of TPF, if they go down to one model mm. and it's like, all right, it's eight ball deluxe revisited. It's going to have the new code. It's you're not going to be able to get it as cheap as the fathom revisited classic is going to have the LCD and all of that. And just say, you're getting one package. We don't have to worry about two different SKUs are now three different SKUs to manage. And because we know the demand is there for the the enhancements on the art and everything else. So let's just do that one version, not limit ourselves. And then we don't put ourselves in this bind anymore because the bottom line is most people don't want classics. They want the they want the revamped version. So the just Jersey Jack the approach, getting rid of the standard model. Yes, except Jersey Jack still does two models. I think I could uh, I would wonder if Haggis would go the, to one would go to okay, one. All right. I could see that because something tells me uh, we were selling flipping out pinballs a dealer for uh, for Haggis pinball. We sold mermaids. We didn't really sell classics. So, I heard that. I heard that broadly back when the when the books were open. All the demand initially was for, and, it, and again, it wasn't huge demand when it first was announced either. But it was all for the mermaid, and so and, and some people might say, Dennis, I'm not a collector. I would if here's why they might be upset. Here I am. I, I went in on a mermaid. I would have bought just the classic if it was just 2.0 because I didn't. I didn't need the all the shiny, beautiful stuff on the game. The the chrome trim. I didn't need the lighting underneath. I didn't need the reflecto. I didn't need any of that stuff. And then to that argument, I would say, well, they did that right though because you're basically paying the same thing as you would, but with the mermaid, you get a lot more stuff. So mm-hmm. at least they didn't screw people there. 
Yeah, I see where there. I think the logic here, and I think this is the same logic Chicago Gaming had with the SE Plus, is well, okay, yeah, we're letting you have this the thing most the most people wanted, but there are still differences. So the LE or the you know the Mermaid Edition isn't going to be mixed up with the mm-hmm. Plus Edition. Well, you know what is interesting? Chicago Gaming kind of did this as well. Whenever they remember Cactus Canyon. That was the first time that they didn't offer a classic version. Well, and again, that's where I wanted to. Yeah, that's a, I th- that's a good point because I got the idea when they launched Medieval Madness, but then people found out, you know, no, we want the bigger display mm-hmm. and the. It's like if you the are RGB into lighting, the, the if you're into yeah. the old like original, if you're into this is my theory. If you're into the old version, uh, like the true Williams Medieval Madness, you're not going to be happy with some remake anyway. You're going to want the authentic. You're going to a real collector goes for the 90s game, not some rehash. So, That's not true. So, no, nope, uh, it is. So, no, it's not. Uh, true. No, sorry, is, I'm, I'm, one I'm is, calling out. I'm calling out to the listeners right now. If you're a real, if you're a real collector, model. if you're a real collector, then you want the original. That's you don't want a clone. Horseshit. It's just a copy. It's it a, is, it's, it's, a, a, it's an it homage. It's a better copy. Why don't you talk into the microphone? I got a backup mic right here. Check one, two. Testing, testing. Yeah, they both working. And guess what? They don't like no feedback. What's up? Uh, that's what the player wants. You see, it's a different audience. A player, you keep your, you keep a player your wants the best Bruce quality Nightingale. game they can get. A collector, a collect. See, if you were, if you were just cool with anything, Zach, don't you bring would me go, down, Bruce. You'd go and get, you'd buy a Junker Radical and you'd send it to <gasps> Hep for restoration I instead of trying to get a minty that. one that never took damage. Mm. But you're a collector and you want a minty one, so that's where that's where it's at. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I am. What I'm saying is the. Numbers don't lie, Zach. The classics don't sell. People want the enhanced versions. If we're doing a remake. I'm still getting caught up on this. All the, you know what? G- give me the choice and option between no. a HEP restored medieval madness versus a royal edition. Give me that royal edition all day long. I'm sorry, HEP. I love your work, but the other game is better. It just is. And I am a stereotypical collector. No. Not, not, not per my definitions. Not, not a true authentic collector. It ain't no rockets, meteor, dum dum. You're collecting. I mean, think about it. You're like, oh yeah, I collect re-editions. That's what you're saying. No, I collect re-editions. Look how cool I am. I'm a re-edition. Do you still have old TVs and radios? Better editions come out. Still the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but if you buy some, oh, look, here, if Atari comes out with a remake of the Atari 2600, that's not going to have the same nostalgia. But it has HDMI input, damn it, it's better. I'm not saying, like, if I wanted to play games, I'd want the remake, too. Absolutely, but it's a different audience. I'm not, if I were out buying Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness and Cactus Canyon, I'd get the CGC ones. And I'm not saying I I don't collect pinball, but... But if I'm like, I'm about, oh, yeah, I'm a Williams collector, you don't get CGC. I fall on the sword a little bit because I think the gameplay probably is a you little bit the better on the, on the normal one. There you go. I'm using the shill argument. The original on the one might shoot a little them. better. I'll give you that. I see. I'm even giving you that. But here's the point, Zach. The numbers don't let, move past, <sighs> move past that you've been enraged by my, my fact that I'm pointing out that you're buying a bunch don't of free issues. Toppers, Dennis. Don't fuck with my toppers. Why don't you go practice falling down? I'll be there in a minute. No, that's not the point. That's not the point. It's not that they don't do a good job. I prefer the CGC versions myself. There is no point. It's not worth the work to make the classic skew. They I just get don't that. sell I enough. That. I agree and that's that. where I think Haggis is like, you know what? 
Let's just do the mermaid edition. I could see him eight, doing eight, that. Eight, eight ball mermaid. Let's just do that. Just do the one version. And if people don't want the chrome and all the extra they fancy, do, well, tough. What are they They're not do enough of the market eight to ball, care. Though, if they call this the mermaid edition, are they going to call that cowboy edition? What are they going to call Maybe. It? I want them just to call them all mermaid edition. Oh, that would be great. Or if they called them siren editions. They're not doing that. Jesus. <laughs> Banshees. What are Let they? that go. Oh my Let god! Go. You about put me on fucking tilt rage over here, <sighs> saying that I want the incandescent bullshit Bally Williams versions. <sighs> if you're a collector of of like WMS games, you would have to have them be WMS, not someone's rehash. But it's not true. There is not a scintilla of evidence that this is true. None. No, I'm just saying. <sighs> just collect. But folks, collect what you want. That's not. I'm not. I would prefer the CGC versions. I've played both versions of all of these things, except uh, I still have not played CGC's Cactus Canyon. And I prefer the CGC version of all of them. The cabinets are the same. They line up perfectly. I don't have that authentic fade, but whatever. Or the smell when you when you really draw your nose into that coin door. <sighs> Cigarettes and... Speaking of things going up in smoke, let's talk about Whirlwind. What? You don't like Whirlwind 2.0? Oh my God, Dennis! The, deci- the decisions being made on this are fascinating to me. Oh my God, I love the idea of the 2.0 system. I I love it, and Whirlwind is like my favorite. Whirlwind's a lot of people's favorite System Eleven. It was the last System Eleven. It's. I think it's. Yeah, it's probably a top. I'd say top twenty game for me. Maybe top fifteen. I don't think it would breach top ten. And hey, if you're not hung up on authentic ones, you can get a Pedretti version. And then to make the code even more deep, what are you, mm. what are you, sm- I mean, a- system 11s are, are an obvious, I think an obvious ground to, to go into with 2.0 kits, uh, because yeah, the rules, generally speaking, almost actually, I think you could safely say every system 11 game has flaws, but the rule set just in terms of like versus modern what we expect out of rules, even if you didn't make them any deeper, would probably need repair. But sure. the idea of actually making them deep is is very, very interesting. And I think there's been interest in this ever since Bride of uh, Pinbot 2.0, but we've really seen it take off in recent years. We've got it with Funhouse Rudy's Nightmare yes. last year, and I will say this. Mayonnaise hot dog. <laughs> we should have known what was coming when we saw the mayonnaise hot dog on Funhouse. The warning signs were there, Zach. Get yourself a creamy hot dog. <laughs> Pedretti Gaming licenses out from Planetary Pinball Supply the rights to Whirlwind. They call it Whirlwind Total Chaos. It's a 2.0 kit. And Dennis and I, I have so many thoughts about this. Dennis has a lot of thoughts as well. You're going to want to hear this, but the only way to do so is to sign up to our Pinball Show Club membership over on Patreon. We have a juicy discussion. But oh my God, so many things. Patreon.com slash the pinball show. All you got to do is sign up at the at the lowest membership support. It's $10 a month. I'm still getting, people are still getting shitty with me saying that I'm minimizing how much $10 is. And I thought I made that clear last week, Dennis. It was it's a, it's a joke. $10, $10 is my fucking mortgage. Like it is a shitload of money, people. I think you should you should go to your financial advisor if you're even thinking about signing up to the ten dollar level with the pinball show Patreon membership. Don't don't be stupid. Don't be impulsive, people. Sit down, 
See if it fits into your financial plan this year. And if it does, we can even, we can even sign off on it with your accountant if you need. Uh, but this is a big deal. I, I can't express that. And if I'm, am I clear enough, Dennis, here that $10 is really important? It's a lot of money. I, uh, I'm not a licensed financial advisor. And I don't <laughs> give financial advice on podcasts. <laughs> Figure it out. If you want to sign up for $10 or the middle level at $25 or big-ass love muffin, $100 a month club, you can get all this too. But $10 is going to get you the Patreon exclusive segment that we are about to discuss, as well as uh, a Discord that is oftentimes hilarious and, and fun and informative. I dropped that rush information on them. What was that, early last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sign up now if you want to hear it. You can, you're not going to want to miss this one. Where's it, where's it at again, Dennis? Patreon.com slash The Pinball Show. All right, back to Chicago Gaming Company. Do you think we got any energy after that uh, discussion on Pedretti Gaming's whirlwind total chaos? <laughs> I'm tired now. I am too. But we got to talk about Pulp Fiction. Did you see the stream? They had a stream this last week. Jack I Danger heard about it, but uh, I didn't. Dead Flip did the stream to Pulp Fiction over at uh, Play Mechanics, I believe. They were at a terrific stream. Wonderful, wonderful stream. A lot of good chatter about it. You could actually hear the game. And like at a lot of shows, people have been playing, love the game, but they can't hear it, in, in my opinion. That's why I said, you got to play this game where you can hear it. Uh, so the stream did provide that. Didn't lose any sales because of the stream. So that's always a big plus. I did have somebody, <laughs> I had somebody message me and they're like, oh my gosh, did you, uh, did you rack up a ton of new orders because of the stream? Because that was a great stream. And I, I had one, one new order. And I think, and I don't think that's because the stream didn't do a good job. I think that's because so many damn people have already ordered one of these things that, you know, I, I pretty, satiated. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure streams normally for, for most manufacturers really move sales. They, I think they could lose sales. They can lose they're them. bad though. I've been so a, I think that's the, and, and people often do want to see one so they can be better informed because not everyone who ordered it probably got a chance to play it either. Yeah. I still think it's a risk, but it went over, it went over wonderfully. I skimmed through the first 20 minutes or so and it's, it's fucking awesome. It's Pulp Fiction and it, uh, it shot really well, looked really good. I was more interested when the triple dream pinball podcast had on Josh Sharp recently, some of the stuff that he was discussing because the week prior he was scaring people with, the, um, he was talking about Cactus Canyon and the enhanced code. Mm-hmm. He was scaring people because he was like, look, it hadn't, it hadn't been worked on since Lyman's passing. So I, I don't know when this is going to get out. People are freaked out. So Josh Sharp on Triple Drain, he was talking about the code. But first, he was, he was discussing what that new enhanced code will have. And he has a playable version of, you know, up to this point, what him and, him and Lyman had. Uh, and he said his Cactus Canyon, that is with the enhanced code thus far, what it has, it's got a ton of risk and reward opportunities with uh, an increasing intensity and in the player progressing further into scoring. Um, so he said, yeah, at, at this point, because he was trying to balance out <laughs> when it was going to come out because he don't know. But he said the one he has, like, I think he said, I'm paraphrasing here, Dennis, but he said, if we were to release what I have in my game right now, people would be fucking stoked. They'd be very, very happy. Yeah. But I, that's, it's, but it's that's not even, but it's still not, it's still not where it's going to be based on what Lyman wants in it. And the, the outline that we have still a lot more coding. has got to be done, but 
what he has uh, is is wonderful. So that was cool. And then he also said, which I don't know if anybody picked up on this, he did say that unlike what he did say the previous week that nothing has really been done since Lyman's passing, there has been significant progress that has been made since he did say that on Penn side. So I think I think it stoked the fires and they're organizing and they're and they're doing something now. Yeah, I uh it was it was interesting. Okay, so I wasn't the only person then that had the interpretation like that there hadn't been much going on with it yeah, based I off did. of that state. Well, because when he was talking on Triple Dream, I remember he described it as wanting to correct some misinformation and I'm like uh okay yeah people people had the wrong impression so i could i could see i wouldn't have used that word misinformation when it was driven by statements that were coming out people from the who were working on the game we covered this on eclectic gamers and i was like the the way it had been presented to me made me think that chicago gaming may have been considering dropping doing the code outright yeah i don't see that well not and then when i hear josh on triple drain i'm like well if it's as far along as it already is i mean I had the impression they had an outline, not that they had actually had programming done. So it was, I think that'll probably reassure a lot of people that were very excited to get the code. I remember we were, uh, when we were filming up there, I, I, I like, uh, cause Lyman, when he got there and we were doing the, we're doing a featurette, just, uh, we're doing like a featurette thing that we, it's not released or anything, but um, the one thing that Lyman was like pumped about when he came up, it wasn't about like the interview. He didn't want to mess with any of that, but he's like, Hey Josh, look what I got. And he had a thumb drive. It was the new, he's like, Oh, look, the most up-to-date code kind of thing. And I was like, Hey Lyman, you got, uh, you know, I'll run down to see if you, I'll, you know, I want to copy one of those maybe. And let me have the new code. So, yeah, but I knew that they were working on it. I think it may have been, do you think it could have been Josh saying that publicly on Penn side to kind of put a, put a boot in him? Because maybe he's to the point where he's like, well, I'm not a programmer, but I have this outline pretty much like I, I can't do much more here until I get something actually coded. Mm, I no, I don't think so. Okay. I, I'm just glad to hear. I that think he would just tell them you guys need to move your ass. Uh, I've never that gotten the impression that he like minces Josh. words. Yeah. So he doesn't. Well, he's free. Yeah, so he's that's so I, I don't think he'd do some passive aggressive. Yeah, they need a little nuts. Let's just drop a bomb here publicly and you know, scare everyone into thinking that all I've got is like a notepad that yeah. Lyman wrote up and that just shows some ideas. Yeah, Josh does seem like a figured out kind of guy. Figured out. He also talked about and teased about new hardware. We knew that, you know, we've reported that you're probably going to get some new hardware in addition to the software in this enhanced package. He also kind of confirmed that as well and said that the new hardware feature will also work on the other code. So there's like the original code that nobody's going to really play the unfinished code. There is a completed code where it's at right now as it ships with the remake and then enhanced code that has not come out. Uh, but the new hardware feature is going to work on all of those codes. Hmm. New hardware feature. Interesting. Spooky pinball. Anything squeaky over there? Nope. Nothing's going on. They, uh, they had an impromptu factory tour last week. And a lot of chatter indicating it was a very good look over, overall for that company. A tour? Yeah, and I, I I went back, I watched this, didn't watch it live, but I would highly recommend this impromptu factory tour. Yeah, because it was really good, and it was 
It's fucking spooky pinball. They're so hard not to like over there with Luke and Bug. Yeah, they just walked around. They're just ho-hum like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's almost like they fucking stumble upon a camera. Like, oh, hey, there's a camera. Turn it on. Uh, how do we record? I think that red button does it. Oh, hi, Internet. Uh, hey, uh, let's walk around here. Here's a pinball machine, and here's how we make them. It's like the most humbling, sweetest thing ever. And it's fucking awesome. They walked through all of the different departments, the wiring, the printing departments, the play field stuff, the cabinets, and explained kind of in detail. <laughs> like There's just boxes stacked up. Oh, here's, here's a lot of our wiring harnesses. Oh, here's, here's our new proprietary boards. Here's how they look. It just, it just worked. It worked really well. And it gave you a really deep inside look uh, to, to that factory and how they build pinball machines without overwhelming the viewer. Highly recommend. Go check it out. And they call themselves Boutique Pinball. But I don't, eh, it seemed like a fully functional pinball company to me, working much better than, uh, than most manufacturers, to be honest with you. But they started from somewhere, Dennis. And that's where Sean Irby's at. Irby? Irby. Sean Irby has created a custom pinball machine he's calling 8-Ball Beyond. Have you seen any of this? I have gone and uh, looked at what Nap Arcade has put out about it. Yeah, so this sparked my interest so much so that I put it in our weekly notes. And then, yes, I seen that Nap Arcade compiled a lot of the informational links and stuff all in one place. So go check that out at naparcade.org. But uh, typically, we don't talk a lot about custom pinball homebrew kind of stuff for many reasons. We won't go into that now. But for one, personally, not a lot of it impresses me. But this did. A ball beyond what a weird theme. Go check out Nap Arcade's links because this was very, very well thought out. There's videos, uh, videos up there. I like the the layout. I love some of the tech that's being utilized in there. The tube shot. There's a tube shot, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Try tube shot. Try tube. That's in there. There's an interesting little locking mechanism with a magnet fathom esque. There's just some really cool lighting effects, and if you look at the animation animation's actually really far along for a homebrew like this this could work and i also want to point out that the artwork was done by i think johnny cramp and i i gotta say the nicest artwork he's ever done truly beautiful translite back glass on this thing like wonderfully done i would display that proudly if it was a mirrored back glass mm, in my office that's a cool game this guy knows what the hell he's doing so we're going to see and hear probably much more in the future about 8-Ball Beyond. Nicely done, Sean. Oh, let's hope he's not like a dick. <laughs> Jersey Jack Pinball. You, Dennis cannot get enough of talking about Toy Story. No one talks about it anymore. I don't even know why this is in here. Well, because they recently announced accessories official. I didn't think Jersey Jack sold accessories. They do. They're affordable. They are that, I Who will say. Who doesn't love an affordable topper? I thought you left a zero off of the topper. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the topper. They just announced uh, this last week to dealers and to the world that Toy Story 4 has licensed official Disney Pixar property uh, accessories, including interior art blades that are going to be available in late June. 129 bucks plus shipping. Those are $10, $20 more than a stern art blade, but keep in mind they come with those protectors. People love those protectors, like those um, when you raise the cabinet up, it protects it from scratching. So it's like a two product in one kind of thing. And then the topper, they have a topper that's available. 
$299 plus shipping. That's available in late July. So for all of those with a Toy Story 4 LE, I can I can bet you'll want these things in your game. They also had a code update. You love those, Dennis. Toy Story 4 with a code update, version 1.12. They're adding an audio equalizer. Oh. This doesn't sound like a big deal to me, but boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, if you could have seen when we were there filming for Godfather featurette, seeing Keith Johnson, I swear the guy popped wood when he was talking about adding these audio equalizers to all these games. He's like, you don't understand, like, it just makes the sound so much better. It's like night and day. I don't know how to express it, though. And I'm like, well, it's uh, difficult to express in this featurette, so we're going to cut that. <laughs> but, yeah, it, so and you get the update now with Toy Story 4. Audio is pretty good on Pinball Brothers' Alien game. I know that. The reason I bring that up, because did you celebrate Alien Day this last week? No, I forgot about it. April 26th. I was busy. What were you doing? <laughs> cosplaying your xenomorph <laughs> outfit <laughs> or are you the, the the face hugger kind of person well i i am sort of short so i suppose i maybe would work better in a face hugger outfit i was trying on my new suey outfit i'm gonna take that mm. to the <laughs> to the next pinball cosplay mm. suey and you guys have to be patreon you have to hear that conversation that was a good one pinball brothers had alien day and to celebrate they wanted to save you money I mean, does it not get much better than that? They did something I thought interesting. They offered a discount on new Alien LV machines. Now, this offer is only valid until May 15th, so you'd have just this week. But they're taking off $426, how clever, $426 discount for those purchasing an Alien LV. Now, do we see something like this in the future? This reminded me of like a, a the car dealership you know at the end of the year they they do mm. rebates and warrant like year in sale like last year's model you get a discount kind of thing because historically we um, have not seen this in pinball yeah it's weird i don't know that people do it tied to like a special day like this in particular but i i have always found it very odd that if something's sitting in inventory we're not allowed why, to sell it yeah cheaper. why pinball doesn't lower the price it's like that's how markets work quit being like anti free market yeah i've got a couple titles of a topper that they're really expensive and they're sitting i've got some some games right now that are sitting and they're on the secondary market lower than what i even paid for them but i i couldn't even get some of my money I mean, out because i'm not allowed to sell them for lower than the msrp it's weird i i i know that pinball how know, long do i have to sit on these things pinball is expensive i get that uh, you know pinball machines are expensive this isn't it's not i i don't I try not to be too upset, I guess, listeners, but it's not a luxury good, though. This is not this like the industries that try and never let prices go down are trying to protect their their luxury goods, trying to protect their value proposition that they have established. That's not this is pinball. It's an electronic thing. It's not that I do see. I think I think there can be time windows for things like two years after a product is launched. Uh, maybe they have an agreement in the future with dealers uh, that, you know, after after a product is launched for two years, then you can, you know, take 500 off of it or something. To give us something. It's If it's sitting, if it's sitting, I just don't, it just, that's not how normally you would, it, it's not the proper way to sell. It's what sort is, of what, silly. What, how do they do in the watch industry? 
Uh, Do they, they hold that MSRP as well? Or no, no. Uh, most manufacture most of the time. If uh, you go to an authorized dealer, so whoever the manufacturer is working with, mm-hmm. and you can negotiate a discount even if the watch is new. Mm. Now, if the dealer's like, I don't need to give a discount. To, like they don't give discounts on Rolex. They're allowed to, but they don't okay. need to. So there is they'll a sell them out. They'll sell them probably. out instantly. Right. Now, and then they have rules as well about not being allowed to gouge above MSRP. Mm. But uh, but then what ends up happening is if they really struggle, like even offering discounts at the store doesn't work, they can sell like in bulk to another person at deep discount, whatever discount they want to liquidate inventory. And those that's what's called the gray market, because those entities will then take the watches and mark them up, not uh, not. Up to old pricing, but more mm-hmm. than what they paid for. And then they, so the second, it's basically like a whole secondhand market that just deals in less popular models. Now, I will say that using that, I, we have to be careful because I know as a dealer for arcades, I don't even like dabbling into the the arcade scene when it comes to sales because it's not really policed at all. So it's like this wild west. You can sell it for a dollar over, even though they tell you not to, and nobody cares. And it's it's not even advantageous. Like that's how you create the big the big freaking monopolies right there because it's quantity over quality. So you might not get help in the future, but damn it, that dealer only makes a dollar for shipping a one ton arcade game to you that costs twenty grand. Like what what's the purpose? Well. They're trying to move a shitload so they can have power in the future. I hate, I hate that system. Sure, so, sure. And there's instances in other industries where entities will undercut, uh, especially this happens more like in service industries where someone like on a bid for contracts, like government contracts, where they'll come in and they might try and win bids where they lose money yes. to crush their competition and then they raise their prices after they've won. So there's a there's a balance there's obviously because pinball yeah, does we, a good job of ye, keeping that threshold and keep keeping the value up they do a pinball, damn good job no of pinball uh, yeah they do a, they do a good job by going way too far the other way it's a horrible model They're, i would rather have it too strict than too i lenient. would not i would not because th- this model hurts the customer more mm. i could see where you're saying it would be better to be too strict than total wild west but Practically speaking, the problem is these uh, games that are shit are artificially overpriced Mm. because the manufacturers like remember you might remember this before you were a distributor. But remember like when you could get WWE's forever, that game should have been two thousand dollars. That game was garbage (laughs) and no one could liquidate it. So they're giving them away as as prizes, LEs at tournaments for years. Mm -hmm. And it's like. That game is not worth what you ended up thinking it was worth as an MSRP. People should be able to sell them at a loss at some point. So here's how I would do it. I would say if I was a manufacturer and I was entering into my distribution agreements, I would say you are not allowed to sell below MSR or below whatever the minimum, minimum, you know, whatever, you know, you've got your like three different pricing Mm -hmm. brackets. You're not allowed to sell below the the true minimum for like 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. After that, you can do what you want. Mm. Something, just some timeline in it. And then after, and eventually they're like, after that, we don't care anymore. Yeah. That way you still protect and you avoid the the concerns you've raised about people coming in and doing like a $1 above and all this nonsense. But at some stage, people need to be able to liquidate stuff they're sitting on. Mm-hmm. And y'all end up sitting on pinball machines. So I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on some products. It becomes, it, it, it becomes downright it goofy, that level of control. Um, and 
And some of it I take a loss on just to, you know, increase some capital here. It's just, (laughs) it's, it just does not, it does not work the way it should be working right now. And I, I, I get where the protections are somewhat helpful, but it's, if a game's not popular and there are a ton of them, I'm sorry, Toy Story 4 shouldn't still cost $12,000 new in box. It just shouldn't. There, I'll, you know, it's I'll got a code it. update and accessories. I don't care. <laughs> Unless those accessories include the conversion kit to turn it into Toy Story 1, I don't care. Hey, you know what? Congratulations to the person who just bought a Toy Story CE yesterday from Flipping Out Pinball. You're my new best friend. <laughs> I guess it's all at the end of the day. I don't know why I brought this up with the whole pinball brothers discount thing. I guess is relative and what else is relative than it's all relative all money and, and value proposition is all relative. Very similar to the screaming goat club here. The pinball show Dennis, did you know that we just inducted in two more starting lineup members to the screaming goat club? I did know. Oh my gosh. At a hundred dollars a month. These these they all should be nicknamed whales because they are they're the fucking best willies that I've ever seen. Oh, that didn't sound right. Ow. You know what I meant? The reference. Free Willie's a whale, an orca. That's where I was going here. Fuck. But we gotta induct these people. They're new, and we've got to give them the proper introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, that's that time again. Some of you are rolling your eyes, and I don't give a shit. Introducing into the into starting, the starting lineup. lineup, adding, adding from, from the previous, the previous starting, starting lineup, lineup is Rodney, Rodney C. Rodney C. Dennis, we're going to refer to Rodney C. Thank you for the support. We're going to refer to Rod Dog as simply the Bobcat. <laughs> bobcat. Ooh, what a menacing sound that Bobcat what? has. Watch out! You know what, Dennis? Bobcat attacked my wife. I'm sorry. That's kind of why. So that's where you went. Yeah. Yeah, Watch out! Watch out! It's a bobcat attacking my wife. A bobcat. When I I I thought that you were gonna do Bobcat Goldweight. Oh God! This is too story. I got done with my performance one night, and this woman came up to me and said, "Oh, I really like to act. Would you like to come over to my house and do some cocaine?" Uh, <laughs> and the menacing, menacing sound. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with his voice? And how did he get his wife? Yes, the old drunk Bobcat Goldsmith. What are you on Revenge for the Nerds? Or is that Booger? Who was that? Shit. I don't remember who played uh, played Booger, but I'm yeah, my no, he did. Uh, 80s stars. Yeah, he did a whole bunch of uh, stuff in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, I like Bobcat. Yeah, he was very Polly Shore esque. Did a lot of black comedies. They had their, they had their, yeah. Was he in? I wonder if he was in a Naked Gun. I don't <laughs> sure recall Naked was. Naked Gun. He was, uh, he did the what shakes the clown in the early nineties. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go with Rodney C. You are the Bobcat. We also have another one. Holy shit! It's not just our family members, as some would say. We've got another. This is uh, this is somebody that's special to us. Introducing, Introducing the famous, the famous Steve J. And people are probably like, oh, why is he famous? He is, damn We're going to go with uh, Steve. You are going to get the nickname by the pinball show. We're going to go with, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know which one to go with, Dennis. Do I go with the wolf? Ooh. 
just I just picture this majestic white wolf, like White Fang, man. What was that film? What was that White Fang? I think it was a film. Um, Snow Dogs. No, it's not Cuba Gooding Jr. Snow Dogs. The Wolf. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Or do we go with? This is just sad that I'm even saying it because it's Steve Jablonski, guys. I can't hide it. I gotta flaunt it. Yeah, the the world-renowned composer of Transformers films and just a list of film, Michael Bay films, just so many damn great films. It's him because he's fucking awesome. Do we really fuck him up and just go with the Bumblebee? Bumblebee! (laughs) Every time I hear Bumblebee, I have to scream it like Shia LaBeouf did in the trailer for Transformers 2. Bumblebee! Bumblebee! Does that mean... Do you think if we did that, Stevie J will? Uh, yeah, I think actually, you. I, I, if I were him, I would cancel this. Support. I think um, he might. Jablonski, I'm so, the Bumblebee. Maybe, the wolf or the Bumblebee. Why not like the Maestro? The Maestro. Ooh, that sound. Uh, what do I do sound-wise for the, the Maestro? Uh, something. Maybe a little clip from something classical. Maybe ask the folks on the Discord or something in a poll. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Maybe they've so, got some ideas. So. Uh, uh, so for those that are part of the official Pinball Show Club at Patreon, we're going to do a poll, either on Patreon or Discord. Jablonski, do we give him the designation of the wolf? The bumblebee. Bumblebee! It's still my favorite, kind of. I'm so sorry. Or, ooh, the maestro. And again, thank you to all of our other Screaming Goat Club members, including the panther, Rob A., the kineticist, Colin A., the Falcon, Frankie F. The Stern OEM Shaker Motor. <laughs> That's my favorite. David V. How the fuck say? <laughs> Joe F. The Bell, Charlie B. Charlie reached out and was like, hey, I made my wife listen to that. And this is how sweet she is. She said that she's the chime to Charlie's bell. Oh. Oh. You know what? I'll give her a little chime for that. Nicely done. And remember, if you want to be part of the Screaming Goat Club starting lineup, all you've got to do is go to patreon.com slash the pinball show. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, and you get the goods there. Fucking paywall polo. Uh, yes, please. Also a reminder, we're going to have our next The Pinball Show live Zoom hangout. For those that are a part of the Screaming Goat Club and or the Nordman levels on Patreon, we're going to have that May 31st at 8 p.m. Central. Woohoo! So those $10 members, I know $10 is a lot of money, but maybe bump it up to 25 a month and come hang out with us May 31st. Last one, it was too hot for TV. We couldn't even air it. So many dirty little secrets dropped in that thing. The only thing that I know dirtier, Dennis, little thing we here at the Pinball Show like to call Pinball Market Trends. We got like 24, oh, listen to that. All these damn animals and sounds and shaker motors. Trending up this week, believe it or not, is Godfather CE. They're about to go into production, and of the many games that have been released here recently in the last year or two, that one, the CE spots are still not only holding their value, but they're up value. They are worth more than they were MSRP. They're firmly planted in that club of Foo Fighters LE, Pulp Fiction LE. Now look, your Godfather LEs are not flying out the door. 
But damn it if these Godfather CEs are not doing very, very well in the secondary market. Plus, JJP should be having them come off the line any time now. Jack Ranieri told us springtime at spring, Jack. Let's see that gold glisten in the sunlight. Also trending up this week is Rush. Now, sure, you know, they may not be making Rush again, but that's what's going to increase the secondary value of it. The game itself continues to peak. The accessories rolling out put it over the top. A nice little cult classic in the making. And now everybody hem-hawing on whether or not they should pull the trigger on Rush. It's got to the point where it might be too late. Driving up FOMO and pricing of Rush Pinball. The bigger question I have long-term is, will Rush join the club of elite band pins? Metallica, ACDC, I'll even give it to GNR in many respects. Does Rush join that group? Or does it just end up being another Aerosmith? All's trending up this week is apparently individual on pin side by the name Visual Magic. Visual Magic reached out to me and said, Hey, I heard you trend up Star Trek LE on the last pinball market trends. And while the whole Picard thing may be right, what you failed to also acknowledge, identify, was that Pinside recently split up all of their pro premium and LEs on the top 100. And it takes so many submissions of a rating to be included in the top 100. Star Trek LE finally got enough reviews, and those reviews were very positive, to plant it upward into that top 10, as you were alluding to. So in addition to the trends that you were identifying, Zach, there was also another reason, in my opinion, that it is in fact trending. And damn it, I agree. So much so that you, my friend, Visual Magic, are trending up this week. There's no I in team, baby. And of course, my eyes are always on the prize of a mod. And I've got to give a shout out to a mod this week that caught my eye. And that's for Deadpool. Trending up this week is the Hell House Scoop Mod. Did you guys see this one? It's by J85M in collaboration with Stumbler and Swinks, I believe. An interactive LED lighting sculpture thing. It's got like the Stumbler lighting in it. the Like the Tokyo Neon sign thing. But for Deadpool, it's Hell House Scoop Mod. Solid. Shit's great. I don't know if he stopped selling them or not, so you might want to jump on Pinside as fast as possible to uh, to get in queue. But I saw that, and I'm like, here we go again. Another one of these interactive lighting mods that pretty soon, uh, my whole collection is going to be full of this kind of stuff. So nicely done, J85M on that Deadpool Hellhouse Scoop mod. All right, Shillmaster, find some balance, you biased fuck. Fine. Training down this week, uh, okay, I'll shit on your games. Let's shit on... Elvira's House of Horrors Premium. Yeah, see? Keep poking! Training down this week very much is EHOH. Because if you look at the numbers, they don't lie. It's going to show you a landscape that uh, it hasn't dropped like somebody's getting canceled or anything. But it's like a nice gentle rolling hill that's going down a little bit. And, it, and the reason being is that I believe that for the most part, the pinball hobbyist community has now been fully satiated with that title. I think we're good. It was released, it sold a lot. It was a studio title, so it had even more popularity. The LE, the SLE, a lot of talk around them, beautiful pins. Then we get the 40th anniversary with the purple cheetah, leopard, panther, whatever the hell it was, sparked interest. And then the last run that we had here of uh, the premium version a month or two ago. The numbers will tell a story. It's right in front of us. And we're good. We're good on Elvira. We're good. 
we'll have a renewed interest as a as a uh, industry community. We'll have a renewed interest for this title probably if I had to guess <sighs> late 2024. So this is one that I'm keeping my eye on when it comes to production of whether or not we'll see another run of Elvira's House of Horse. Also trending down this week, JJP's Willy Wonka LE. My favorite JJP. Now, Zach, these have been holding very high. Look, they're still holding high. Probably higher than they were in MSRP. But very much like Elvira, you're seeing a gradual uh, declination. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Declination of pricing on Willy Wonka LEs. A year ago, they were bringing 11K plus. People introduced to this game finally. No longer a, you know, a side chick or a side dick. People were proud to say that they owned and liked Willy Wonka. Now, you're seeing them in the low tens. It's finally come back down. Okay, we're back down to normal secondary market JJP, you know, mint LE levels. Makes sense. You get lucky, you may even find one in the upper nines, but I think you're going to be you're going to be at about 10 to 50 uh, is going to be the common place for a Willy Wonka LE. Now, CEs, those are still high up there. But uh, the regular LE, what a phenomenal game. Low 10s, $10,000. And I can't leave you guys without saving you a little bit of money in this week's Deal of the Week. Bye, bye, bye. Deal of the Week comes from flipping out pinball. Why cry, cry, cry when you can buy, buy, buy. Bye, bye, bye. And this week's must buy is... The brooding, the steaming, the kettle's warm. She's about to get hot on James Bond. I've got a pre-owned James Bond Pro right now. Brand new, they're $69.99. I've got it right now listed, I think, on socials for $62.99. That's freaking steel. But we need a PMNT level of steel deal. So I'm slashing it. Judy Chop. Yeah. Getting it down to $59.99. That's not even $6,000, people. Bye, bye, bye. Practically brand new James Bond Pro. Come pick it up. In six months, that price is going to be ridiculous. You're also going to see the premiums and LEs start to go up too. Just, just, just watch them. Just watch them. Oh, in the pinball bounty this week, you know what? You guys weren't doing your job. I, I had to. I got. I got my own Spider-Man bolt. Sons of bitches. It's coming from. Where's it coming from? Oklahoma, I think. Was this Travis Muir's old one? Where is this coming from? Tulsa. I think it's Tulsa. You're getting me a Spider-Man bolt, Dennis. How about that? Wow. Still looking for that manty-ass radical Dolly Partner Congo. You know, people that come over to my house, they're like, hey, I thought you were asking for a Dolly Partner Radical. They're sitting right here. I'm like, I know. And they are super nice. But they're not CGC LE remake nice. You see what I did mm. there? Uh-huh. Homages, yeah. yeah. Well, no. Look, Dennis, I'm just here to report the facts. And the facts are the LE remakes with the toppers are better than even a heifer-stored original with incandescence because numbers don't lie and neither does taste on pinball. Market trends! <laughs> I want to do the suey sound. <laughs> Watch out, Grandma. Here I come. <laughs> I, for some reason, I just picture Suey, the shit and piss monster, making out tonguing a grandma and her being totally into it. Doesn't that fucking creep you out? Oh. Uh, if they do it, they need it. Afterwards, she needs to look towards the mod, like like to the camera, and, the, and smile, and there'll be a chunk of corn. In her oh teeth. my god, we're done. We're fucking done. We're finished. That's the pinball show. Oh, gross, Dennis. Where can people catch you? They can always reach out to me, Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail dot com. So gross. Oh, EGP has a Patreon. So there's a couple people out there that just loathe me. 
and they feel like if they want to support Dennis, they can there. That's fine. Two people, fuck off. Uh, but you can email us at the pinhole show at gmail.com. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff too. We have a Patreon, we have Facebook, we have TikTok, we have Discord. Follow, like, and subscribe to all of that stuff as well as straight down the middle of a video series I do on YouTube with my buddy Greg Bone. Follow, like, and subscribe to that or the pinball network at gmail.com. But I really want you to go follow, like, and subscribe to Flipping Out Pinball. That's my company. We do distribution for pinball and arcade and mods and stuff. I'm about to add some stuff to the vault. Maybe, oh, maybe I just might add the really hard to get stuff right now, Dennis, is the uh, a replacement Stranger Things projector. Mm. And I may have just got my hands on a couple more of those <sighs> coming to the Flipping Out Vault very soon. But until then, the product showcase for Flipping Out Pinball this week is, believe it or not, Jurassic Park Premiums. Here's the skinny, people. I, uh, I stopped taking orders on those months back because uh, I knew my allotment was going to be full for the May-June run here. I think they're coming in May here. Uh, but I was able to secure a good amount more. So, uh, for those of you who are thinking about getting a Jurassic Park premium, but you don't want to wait until next year, I've got open spots now. I'm going to open up the website, or you can email me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip, the letter N, out, pinball.com. That's Zach at flipping out, pinball.com. Or you can text me, 812-457-9711. Get one of those, because that, that game is phenomenal. Push comes to shove. That'd be one of the last games I ever get rid of in my collection. I just love it so much. It's the premium version. It's the T-Rex that eats the balls like your mama. Also, I have Godfather LEs in stock. James Bond Pros in stock. I've got some used pro and premiums um, in stock. I think I may have some more premiums coming this month. Alien LV in stock now with a reduced price. We have Jurassic Park Home Edition, Star Wars Home Editions, both regular and comic. Oktoberfest Deluxe, I think I'm down to one more of those. Toy Story 4 LEs and CEs, Ultraman new in box. I did just get in another Halloween collector's new in box. How about that? I've got a, I think I've got a Toy Story 4 LE coming in used, as well as a Turtles Pro coming in used, and I think a Rush Premium coming in pre-owned. And you know about those rush premiums. We're going to make them in a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I also got some some uh, some turtle premiums. I was able to secure a couple of those. Remember, those are those are discontinued. Those are gone. I found a couple. So turtles premiums in stock. Mandalorian premiums. I think I have some of them. Just if you want a pinball machine, I got it. Come on. Come on. Guns and Rose still. Uh, still got those. Golden Tees got those. Go check out the Pinball Network. A lot of a lot of really good podcasts and stream this last week. Go check them out. Who pissed me off this week in podcasting? Was it a TPM person? Maybe. I don't think anybody pissed me off. Oh, mm-hmm. Bruce. Bruce Nightingale. Give a shout out to Slam Tilt. They're still still hung up. Bruce mostly still hung up on on the Pinball Show and the beauty that we uh, bestow upon our listeners over here. I think I've had Bruce on here. I want to have Ron on here at some point. I don't think I've had Ron on here. Mm-hmm. Ron's very difficult to get a hold of. He's an important person. Very busy. He's got good takes for the most part. But Bruce, fuck, I have no clue what that guy's smoking. You know what? That guy's smoking the same thing as uh, the creative director of that Whirlwind 2.0. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> they get the same dealer. No. Whoa, shit. No. No. For Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Minnie. And folks, I'd say, you know, if you're, if you're taking a game and you're going to update it, do a new version, honor the theme, and be creative and free... Don't just sit and poach from Mac and me. <laughs>
And always practice safe pinball. Rush is not happening, people. It's not going to be made anymore until it's made. And I look like an idiot. Mm, drop! I am back. I'm going to my Coke Zero. No, no, uh, what'd you usually get? Cherry Coke Zero or something? I get whatever's on sale. Oh, I gotcha. I had to go to the grocery store yesterday. Ugh. With two kids. That was the worst. Mm. Like, get in the cart. Get out of the cart. Stop. Stop hanging on to me. I can't. Oh, if that shopping cart hits me in the back of the heels, I'm going to lose uh-huh. my mind. Yep. Oh, you, you let him push to try and distract him, huh? Yeah, just uh, you try to do something. Oh, uh, she put something in the car and I didn't get nothing. Well, the, 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 pick quicker. Then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I don't like pineapples. Well, good for you. What the hell? Who doesn't like pineapple? I know. Fucking freak. Do we need any bananas? I don't know. Why would I know? You should have checked. Oh, I don't. Where's your mother? <laughs> 